Hey there, you're tuned in to the Tried and Truly podcast, where you'll find encouragement, hope, and plenty of laughter along the way as we have honest conversations anchored in God's grace and truth. We're so glad you're here. Now let's get to the episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truly podcast. We're your hosts, Lori Milliken and the lovely Michelle Drews. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we are really looking forward to today's episode. Yes. We are going to be talking about how do we raise these, you know, preteens and teens to have positive self-esteem and confidence. Um, the timing of this episode is a little ironic because my oldest daughter is actually turning 20 on Sunday. So for her, we're officially out of the teen years. (laughs) We survived, yay. (laughs) But our youngest um, actually just turned 11 over the summer. So we are starting this preteen teen roller coaster all over again. It's uh, (laughs) both thrilling and frightening for us, uh, but we're ready to buckle in. So um, it says in Proverbs 22, six, that we should train up a child in the way that he should go so that when he's old, he will not depart from it. And that's a reminder for us that we're not raising kids here. We're raising adults to be launched into the world, right? We're called to equip them with a foundation of knowing and developing a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. through our own example, Mm-hmm. And we want them to gain an identity in Christ so that they can live out their lives loving others and serving others like Jesus. We have a wonderful guest with us today, truly an expert on the topic and specifically with raising daughters. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, our guest today is Nellie Harden. She is a wife, a mom of four girls, um, a podcaster, a published writer, and a family life and leadership coach. And Nellie, you're using your expertise to help families as they navigate those tricky times and Mm -hmm. so formative uh, times, preteen and teen years, and ultimately helping families to lead their children towards confidence, respect, and wisdom. And We know those years are so critical um, and you're smack in the middle of it with four daughters. Um, As Lori mentioned, you specialize in how to lead our daughters towards confidence and really set them up for success um, as they launch into the adult years. So you have a lot of personal experience and wisdom. Um, So can you tell us about your family and how you were really led to helping others, um, especially with daughters? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be with uh, you ladies. I just feel like I'm, you know, sitting down talking with friends. So it's wonderful. (laughs) And um, so, yes, uh, for myself, um, I was a young woman, you know, I I still am a young woman, but I was a younger younger woman, um, you know, at some point in my own teen and tween years. And I I really, looking back, um, I didn't have some things that I, uh, a foundation laid that I really needed to before I left home. And, you know, not to, you know, my fault necessarily, not to my parents' fault necessarily. We just didn't know what we didn't know. And Mm -hmm. we, we were in the um, you get them, you raise them, they get an A and, you know, I don't know, 
biology and, and math and, and writing. And then that means that they're good for the world. Right. Yep. And so, and that's a mindset that I see so often and really missing this great transition that happens in the middle of childhood that we can get more into later. But so from my own personal experience, um, I am turning around and helping those behind me, but also I am raising four daughters right now. So my daughters are 17 and 15, 15 and 13. So we are like, we are in it. We are oh, yeah. as far in it as we can be in it. And um, so <laughs> we deal with it every day and I serve the community of young women out there. And then I uh, just in my uh, servant work that I do. And then I, I work with um, parents and, and their teen girls all over the world. And why? Because I really see this, this need out there. There's so many young women that are leaving home and going on to what their supposed to next step is in life, mm -hmm. but they haven't had that foundation laid in them yet where they are, a, they're a leader of themselves yet, right? They are still out chasing worth, which leads to yeah. so many other downward spirals that can happen, right? In all the places that we're chasing worth. So, and then on top of worth, they, they don't have a very um, set um, a foundation of value and appreciation for themselves or belief in themselves, that confidence. And when you go out into the world without those things, the, without those uh, skill sets and mindsets um, held within you, which includes by far your faith in there, if you don't have those set in you, then you're only going to be chasing the next thing that's going to be giving you attention or filling one of those five basic needs that we have. And it's going to lead you down a path that you weren't necessarily intend, your greatness wasn't intended for. And so if we bring our young women together, we can teach them how to empower one another, embrace one another, and really encourage one another, then we would raise an entire different generation of young women than is out there today. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. I know. I resonate so strongly with that because growing up, like like you said, not not my parents' fault, not my fault, but it was just ingrained from an early age that like my worth could be found in getting the best grade and being mm -hmm. the best in sports. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to succeed. This is how I'm going to find worth. You know, even in middle school, like I remember I had to have the best grades. Um, so as you're saying this, I'm like, ah, oh, that is so important. Like mm -hmm. so many, so many, not just young women, like young men too. I'm a, I'm a boy mom. Oh, so yeah. it relates, <laughs> it relates so strongly to, to both genders. So yeah, I always say 80% of what I talk about is definitely, you know, girls and boys. There's yeah. just a few different things about young women, which is why I, I, um, target, uh, that, uh, area, but yeah really what we're going to say here today, you could take it to all of your kids. Yeah, for sure. Love it. And you actually have your own podcast. It's wonderful. It's called the 6570 Project. Can you tell us a little bit about the significance of 6570? Absolutely. So um, that came to me a while ago. Uh, so my oldest is 17, like I said, and we went through some um, a massive family shakeup, if you will. Uh, I had four kids in four years after going through infertility for a long time. And then when I was pregnant with my last one, my husband went into cardiac failure. And oh, wow. so then we're going through that and we went through a, about 
a year and a half of hospitals. And, you know, I had just been through all the infertility stuff with my body. And now he was going through all of this um, with his and it ended up he had to have um, uh, our last ditch effort was heart surgery in 2010. And sitting there in that waiting room, I was like, wow, I have four kids that are four and under. And my husband, it was a very, very valid um, possible outcome that he might not make it. Like he made wow. videos for all the kids and and everything. Oh, wow. oh, we really God. just didn't know. Um, yeah. It was it was just our last hope. And and he's still here today. So let me preempt the story with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. He's still here today. Um, but really sitting there. And once he he was out of surgery and, and was getting better, we were like, okay, we have so many stories, so much big stuff that we've been through, but now let's look forward, right? And we only have this many days with our kids during this time period. We will always be their parents, but during the parenthood childhood dynamic, mm -hmm. there's only about 6,570 days. That's how many days are in wow. 18 years. Now, it's not like, happy birthday, peace out, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we do. Um, <laughs> but... It is about that time or, you know, somewhere around there that your, your dynamic shifts, the, the impact and influence that you have as the parent and the child, it shifts, it transitions. You become the lighthouse instead of the person coming alongside them and teaching mm. them and training them in this adult world. Like you said mm. earlier, we are raising other people. We are raising future adults. We are not raising kids, right? The the kid, the title of kid is what they are on their way there. It's like mm. driver's ed, right? And, and I just dropped my kids off there this morning. So um, the teen and tween years really are the driver's ed of the adult um, experience. And so yeah, the 6570, that's the significance showing up every single day with intention and dropping the need to feel like you need to uh, be perfect during that time. Because we have to teach our kids, it's a lead follow mentality. We need to teach our kids that not every day is going to be roses. Not every day is going to be this super big, you know, life changing revelation. Some days it's just a wax on wax off day, you know, and, and we're just learning the little things and then uh, that add up to the big things. Yeah. Wow. It really shakes you up when you put the number to it of days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and we're in the middle of it. I want to know like how many days do I have left now? I need to do like a calculator and get that. I just out. use, you know, we have a I call her Miss A, right? And Alexa in the uh in the house. Yeah. And I <laughs> Miss A. Uh so anyway, we just ask her how many days um has it been since fill in birthday, right? And yeah. then just subtract that. Oh, wow. And so we always know. And I actually had a day um last year and my oldest comes in, she's like, Mom. It's my day 6,000. I just like happened to check in and today oh. is my day 6,000. Uh, oh, wow. I'm sorry. It was day 5,000. And I was like, oh, yay. I was like, oh, boy, we only have seven. <laughs> wow. We have a lot wild. to cover. Yeah. yeah. A lot to cover in the remaining days there, Nellie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've emphasized like we have very little time, you know, in the grand scheme of things with our with our children when they're at home with us like what are the most important things that we can do at you know an early age to start building that sense of confidence um self-esteem and worth so during 
parenthood, there's really two sections. There's three transitions, right? They're they're born. That's a pretty obvious one. And, or they come into your home if they're adopted or what have you. They come into your life. So that's a pretty obvious one. And the last one is really obvious when they leave home, right? But this one in the middle, which I call the great transition, is the sneaky one. And because that is when you are, you as a parent need to make a conscious shift and because your your child is shifting no matter what. And so you as a parent mm-hmm. need to make this constant shift or conscious shift of, okay, first half, we were building life for them. Now we're building life with them. And that is a difference in how you approach them, how you talk to them, how you problem solve together, and all of those things. And one of the first layers that comes um, during and after this great transition is building their worth. And in order to build their worth, you need to find out um, how to fill their five basic needs. So these five basic needs are to be seen and heard, loved, belong, and have a purpose. You know, it could be the purpose is it's time to go walk the dog or the purpose could be I am going to cure cancer one day. It just depends. You know, there's so many different purposes we have throughout our days, but you need that next thing, right? You need to know what that next thing is. And you think about why there is so much, you know, if if you do a poll and I've asked so many and work with so many, you know, why there might be depression today, why you're questioning all of this today, what it, those five needs, it always comes back to those five needs. Nobody hears me. Um, I don't matter. Nobody sees me. I have no purpose. I'm not here for anything. Um, I don't belong anywhere. No one loves me. No one cares, right? It always comes down and wraps around those five needs. Mm-hmm. And so when we can teach them, um, okay, so how how do you feel? Like if you have this bucket of I belong what needs to be in there in order for you to fulfill those? And then also teaching them first, the of your five needs, the Lord always does them all first, right? And mm-hmm. then we have, and then we have the world, right? We have the Lord, but we live in the world. So in this world that we live in, how can I make sure that I'm fulfilling what I need to do to make you know that you are loved, to make you know that you belong, right? And then also turning the script because I have a, in the work I do, I have a parent track and I have a daughter track. And so uh, when I especially work with the daughter track called crew, um, I ask them, how can you then, if you know every single person sitting around you at the lunch table or in Spanish class or whatever, also has these five needs, how will you look different going into school tomorrow, knowing that this, the person next to you needs to know that they belong and that they're loved? right? Mm. Your behavior is going to change. And that's, that's a part of, you know, all the boats rising together, Uh, everyone coming together um, in order to do that, encouraging one another. And um, so finding those five needs and finding out how uniquely your child needs those filled is vital. Mm, That's good. I like the idea too, of, you know, looking outside yourself, like, especially for, I know growing up as a a teen girl, it's all about you. You know, I would have never thought, what does the person next to me need? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was only thinking about myself, you know, so when you put it in that perspective of think of what others need, that's going to fill us up too. when we're serving others and loving others. And we've talked about that before, Lori, like serving others brings so much fulfillment and happiness. And so if you ingrain that in our young kiddos from an early age, that's going to just set them up for so much success and help them 
to feel, you know, more fulfilled and, and feel joy, but because they're serving other people and it's benefiting them as well, you know, so that's really cool. One thing you shared that I think is really important just to like highlight here is that in your work, you have both a parent track and a daughter track, because I feel like a lot of, well, when I went through this and a lot of my peers, when they were raising, you know, the tweens, preteens, it was like, oh my gosh, these kids, how are we going to make it through? And we didn't really take a step back intentionally and say, gosh, how do I need to change as a parent? right? The way I need to parent is certainly different. And there's transition for you as a parent that can be difficult outside of your child, like allowing them the space to make decisions and to fail within Mm -hmm. certain boundaries, right? Like when they're younger, we are so intentional about protecting them from everything and really making decisions for them and fixing problems for them. And as soon as, you know, they start to like hit the preteen teen, they want to have a bit of independence. They need to. We need them to be able to own some of those decisions in a safe way with reasonable boundaries, but it's hard for a parent. And a lot of the struggles in that season, at least for me, was work I needed to do within myself. Yeah, 100%. A lot of the the work that we do is uh, with, with parents even, and um, we walk them through both uh, crew, which is the daughter track, and uh, map to maturity, which is the parent track, right? You're, you're mapping mm-hmm. their way to help their daughter to maturity. And um, in both of those, they use the um, self-discipline leader formula that I have. So the whole goal is to get them from a place of parent-led discipline, which is when they're younger, mm-hmm. right? to self-disciplined leader of themselves um, before they leave home. And in that, the first step of that is vision, which includes a lot of perspective work and uh, core value, core belief work and all of that. And as a parent, there's so many core beliefs that you bring into parenting that you don't even realize are, you know, hanging off your back and you're carrying them and, and lugging them into parenting yourself. And so really bringing those to light and figuring out which ones I want to cut ties with, you know, mm-hmm. and how am I, how does that even happen? And also what are some new ones that I want to bring in? So it really brings your parent, parenthood, childhood experience into the forefront, into this project. I call parents architects because we're literally building the beginning of someone else's life. And so if, if as an architect, our greatest project, a family architect, our greatest project is the 6570 family project and, and bringing our child through the 6570. So in order to do that, it, like you were saying, it's not all about the child. So much of it has to do with the teacher too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we have so much more research. We have so many more platforms to share our experiences and encourage one another as parents. Um, however, the world's changed, right? So it looks very different today with with social media and today's culture out there. And so I'm just wondering, like, how do we actually build this self-esteem and, and confidence Um or help our children build that, you know, their true worth when they have all these outside influences um, that really are unique to today's culture. Yeah. And it's very tricky. But what we need to do is right now it is, it's a big cloud, right? Our kids go out and social media just feels so big and not just social media, but just 
what is happening mm -hmm. in social media, all the influences, they wake up and on their bedside or, or hopefully in another room where their uh, devices or whatever, there's literally 1 million people waiting to influence them plus 1 million plus. Mm -hmm. Right. And whereas when we were growing up, it was like, I, maybe the morning news would be on, or maybe you got a cartoon <laughs> right. on, or maybe it's just mom and dad in the kitchen or what have you. And yeah. so it feels so big, but helping the conversations have to be happening. I mean, that is, that is key. You have to build connection through truth and trust with your child and connection mm -hmm. will unlock communication and communication will unlock clarity, which is where you're going to go with whatever you're doing. But in order to do that, you need to bring it down to some pinpoints. Humans are humans. And we've been messy humans before and we're messy humans now. It's just that we have a bigger stage to be messy humans on. And so even mm. though we did not grow up, or at least I didn't, with you know social media in my back pocket and all of these influ influencers and everything, I still had people pushing me to try and do things I did want to do or didn't want to do. I still had influences. Mm -hmm. There was still embarrassment. There was still comparison. There was still perfectionism. It's just that it's amplified now. And yes. And those five needs that I was talking about earlier, every human has them. You, you, myself, every human, the 96 year old, you know, grandma that was bicycling that I saw today, everybody has them. It's just during the tween, <laughs> during the tween and teen years when our prefront, their prefrontal cortex is under construction and it's a bunch of live wires hitting each other, that those needs are so exploded. And so understanding the brain development, the social structure and the hormones of our kids. Um, and those are really three things that set the, the girls and guys apart and why I, I work with uh, parents with daughters primarily. But when we understand those things a little bit better, we can then be able to connect with them a little bit better, right? And we can say and have those conversations, gosh, I know that this is so hard. Um, I've, I've been here. I understand this feeling. I didn't go through exactly what you did and you are totally, you know, legitimized. And I understand why you're feeling this way, but let's feel this way for a second. And then let's figure out a solution for it. Right. You need to Brene Brown has this wonderful, um, I encourage everyone to go on YouTube. It's like a two, three minute max, um, video on the difference between sympathy and empathy. And we need to have empathy with our kids. We can't have empathy for everything in the world because then we will be down in that pit all the time. But for the people that are in our close zone, in our homes and our really close friends and those like that, we can have empathy for, or if we're working with something and things, we need to be choo like have uh, more choice with our empathy, but you crawl down there and you connect with them. What your mm -hmm. child is going through, even though the surface isn't anything you've experienced, what's down below that need that's not yeah. being met or whatever you have, I promise you, you've experienced that and you can connect with them on that. So connection is absolute key. And when you can connect, then you can say, okay, well, what do you think we should do from here? How, what do mm -hmm. you think uh, would be the next right thing for us to do? And there's probably 10 different choices, but which one do you think is the next right one? And work with them. Don't solve it for them. Mm -hmm. mm, that's good. You mentioned, um, you know, connection is so important. And then you also mentioned discipline, uh, which I want to talk about um, for a minute because 
for me, like with little boys, um, they're eight, six, and then one. So um, for my eight and my six-year-old, I find that they still want to connect with me. You know, they're they're still into mommy, luckily. And um, we can have those like special moments. But I find that when it, when it's time for me to have some discipline with them or, you know, maybe they're fighting something, you know, someone threw a shoe again at someone. That's when the connection like slips out of my fingers Mm -hmm. because I find that it's so hard once everyone's escalated. How do you maintain like that connection? And how do you, I guess, how do you discipline when you still want them to feel loved and seen and heard, but their actions are just like off the wall crazy and you find yourself like losing right. it with them. You know, how do you, how do you proceed with that? Well, a, a really big, uh, important thing for all parents to understand, and that's the same for a one-year-old through an 18-year-old, um, is that behavior is the final step, right? And so I have a parenting workshop I call Ignite, and I go through a thinking cycle. It's called HALT. And um, really talking about how our brains are busy airports. There's stuff coming in all the time. We have to choose which ones we are actually going to board, get on. And then uh, we use outside accountability, inside accountability, and um, identity checkpoints in there to really make sure that our kids, and it sounds like a lot, but it can literally be three words. And so if they're like, I would like to throw a shoe at my brother, right? I'll be like, wait, wait, (laughs) wait. No, it's probably not a good idea, right? And so it's something really good to teach them. And I can't get into it all here. But um, it's it's a way to uh, understand that their behavior is then a result of a decision they made, which was a result of a feeling they had, which is a result of a thought that they had. And they chose that path all the way through and really helping them understand once you do a behavior, you can't take it back. Like the results are out there. The consequences are out there. You can't take it back, but you can stop mm-hmm. it at all of these checkpoints along the way. So sitting mm-hmm. down as a parent, which is really hard sometimes, really hard. And I totally understand this because I am not a person with a really long patience line. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting down and being calm, um, that is number one, being calm with them eye to eye. I have what I call knee to knee conversations. So we both sit down crisscross applesauce knees to knees and so it just helps that distance between you shrink a little bit so they can't be like "Mm," Mm -hmm. you know looking all around and this or that the other be like i'm right here so knees to knees stay calm and ask them so curious is the next step so calm and then curious so can you tell me why you did that and you'll get answers from i'm really mad because this happened to i wanted to right And then you're just getting, (laughs) I don't know, it looked like it was fun, right? I wanted to see what they would do. And, but just keep asking the why questions until you get to a point of satisfaction with what you're um, doing. And then you Mm -hmm. are really going to be uh, connecting with them and be like, oh, you know, I understand you wanted to see what they would do. Sometimes I get curious about what people would do and react sometimes too. And sometimes people have really funny reactions and sometimes the reactions are, you know, really hard and I never know what's going to happen. And so sometimes it's better to just wonder about things instead of testing what it would be like if a shoe hit someone in the head, you know, and then, um, (laughs) right. And so, and then cultivating after that and just having that conversation. So what do you think? That's the back cultivating is the back and forth. And then clarity is okay. 
Next time, let's do this instead. But if there is a consequence to whatever behavior they had, that's part of the clarity too, right? It is, okay, so next time Mm -hmm. we're going to do this. But for right now, I'm going to need you to sit here and just think about our conversation for a few minutes, right? It's not a uh, what was that like? Super nanny, super nanny, like go in time out, right? Go in the circle. You can't, yeah. you know, put a finger out of the circle and the kids are like, you know, putting their fingers out and they're just testing the boundaries all the time. Um, right. Instead, time out is really just a thinking space because again, we are the trainers and we are the leaders. So if we don't want them to just freak out on things, then we can't just freak out on things as much as it's, you know, mm-hmm. so hard. And if you need to freak out, Go in your bedroom and freak out for a second. Go outside and, you know, scream into a pillow (laughs) or whatever. Um, And you can even (laughs) tell them, you know, like I needed to go outside. I was just, I was really frustrated and I was angry, but I know it wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't, you know, be serving you if I'm just sitting here yelling at you, right? Because we want to teach them calming techniques, uh, self-soothing calming techniques too. We don't want to hide anything from them because they're going to be an adult someday and we're just teaching them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. And just like they can't take throwing the shoe back, we can't take it back when we decide to lose our mind and yell right. at them. And I know that every parent has felt that guilt oh where gosh, you're yes. like, I just made the situation worse. <laughs> totally. I mean, come on. I'm the adult here. Like, it, like you said, it's good for the ki- our kids to see that we make mistakes yes. too. Mm-hmm. And I've found that being quick to apologize when I make a mistake is like, so crucial. And, and my boys now expect, they're like, why didn't dad apologize to me yet? And I'm like, oh, he, he will yeah. just wait. <laughs> like, they're like, excuse me. This process. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I just want to make a point on that because you, it, it really is astounding out there how many parents can go 18 years and never once say sorry to their children, mm-hmm. even though, you know, they're, they're a messy human. They have messed up so many times and that is okay. That is great that yeah. they messed up. It's all, but if you mess up without then seeking, you know, redemption, repentance from your kids, then what are you teaching them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So be, if you're listening to this, just apologize to your kids. It's it, it'll, yeah. it'll make wonders for their future. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Michelle, I want to keep talking about the differences between boys and girls, because obviously so much of this applies to me as a girl mom, but I I want to keep building. And and Nellie, as we were talking before this, you were sharing just amazing insights on how really we're designed differently intentionally by God, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Boys Mm -hmm. and uh, girls are very different, and they need different things uh, from their parents for a variety of reasons. Can you dive into that a little bit more with us here? Yes, absolutely. So I, my background is biology, psychology. And so I love the actual like functionality of things and then how it comes to fruition and behavior. And so think about this in uh, young men and young women. So young men actually have a lot more gray matter than young women do in their brain. And if you think, if you can think about it this way, think gray waffles, white spaghetti. Okay. So uh, (laughs) young men 
I know gray waffles sound super gross, but uh, young men <laughs> have more gray matter. And that means uh, they can compartmentalize a lot more. So when you open a box, you know, a thought box for your son, you're going to dive into that box and everything. And then you bring up something else. They need to close that box before you go into something else or else they're preoccupied. Mm -hmm. And, and also that other thing is done with. And they're bringing up something new, okay? Whereas a young woman has a lot more white matter. And white matter, like spaghetti, just goes everywhere in the brain. And so everything is connected for a young woman yeah. versus a young man who's like, okay, dealing with this, okay, and then dealing with this, okay. So a young woman, though, is mm -hmm. like, I am dealing with my, my school and I'm dealing with my friend and I'm dealing with my homework and I'm dealing with, you know, this, this someone that left me on red for texting and I just didn't, don't even oh know. Gosh. And they're dealing yes. with it all <laughs> at the same time. And it feels like a storm is coming. And mm -hmm. that is the way that we are built for the jobs that, you know, we have in this world, but we have to learn how to use them in their best capacities. Right. Yeah. And so that is one major difference uh, with brains. And also because their prefrontal cortex, uh, so all of these, you know, brain developments are layered on top, the effects are layered on top of each other, but their prefrontal cortex right here behind the forehead is under construction, like I was saying. And I think about like back to the future when the sparks are flying and they're like trying to hook the thing and there's live wires everywhere. And that's what's happening because the the axons, uh, which are the tails of your neurons, which are brain cells, are not covered and insulated with a myelin sheath yet, which is that fat. Um, it's really good to eat your omegas, especially as a teen and tween, because you <laughs> want to cover those ASAP. But... Um, but anyway, they're, they're like live wires in there. And that's where all of their decisions, their real critical thinking, their, um, their processing happens. And so while that's under construction, the amygdala, which is our fight or flight response, is the one that is responsible a lot of times for thought, I mean, for decisions. And so you have your young woman who has white spaghetti brain, and they're thinking about all these things at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you have the uh, and they get it gets overwhelming really fast, because so much of it is happening at the same time. And you got your amygdala friend that's like, just run, just do something like just, you know, hit somebody or, or yeah. yell at somebody and just run away or just freak out on the living room floor and start crying. Uh, that's why meltdowns can happen so much easier with young women than young men. And they get mm -hmm. the, you know, rep of having drama factor, right? There's a, there's a physiological reason for it. And so, you know, there's those things. Um, also, if for a young woman, our memories go through our emotional centers where it doesn't for a young man. And so when your daughter comes home from school and they're recounting something that happened in first period, they are not just telling you that this happened, this happened, this happened like a, like a guy could. They're also reliving every single emotion that happened during that time because it's passing mm. through their, their emotional centers. So there's a lot of brain differences that account for behavioral differences, um, in our young women. And not to mention we have hormones. I mean, oh, yes, yeah. young men have hormones <laughs> and we all know about young men's hormones, right? But we have, our young women are going through this hill valley, hill valley, hill valley. And it's very unpredictable when, uh, they're young. 
So one thing I really recommend is that young women start tracking their cycles and it's not going to be exact, right? But there's so many apps out there. Speaking of like today, we have so many resources, like you were saying, and, but today there's apps that you can get on and track your cycle because if your daughter comes home and they are feeling like all sorts of super wackadoodle that day and super an emotional mess (laughs) or super crabby or what have you, they can then, if they're checking it every day, they could be like, oh, you know what? So this hormone's going to be really high today. Yeah. It might not be a be- a good day to make some like big life decisions, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, right. so, or if you have a test today, you're probably going to have to study a little bit more because your brain is um, a little bit more lax today, right? And so it will give them mm. understanding of their body and their physiology, so that they can understand themselves and their behaviors better instead of just thinking that they're crazy or going crazy. Love it. Um, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's great yeah. advice. I can totally <laughs> relate to the white spaghetti brain for myself, yes. but also my daughter as we're like working through yeah. something that happened today. She's bringing up something from two weeks ago that I thought we already solved. Like, why, why are we here again? And I get frustrated <laughs> with that. So yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And for the boy moms who like the kids close the box, how do we get them to open the box to talk about things? Mm. Because I find that sometimes like something hard happened. I know something happened at school, but they're emotionally, they don't seem upset about it anymore. So I kind of think, okay, they're, it didn't bother them. They're fine. And then, you know, it's like, of course, at right. bedtime, like five minutes before the box gets opened and it's like that you realize, oh, wow, they were actually really hurt, really upset about that. But Mm -hmm. they they're good at like hiding that emotion. So is there a way that we can kind of tap into that? Um, when it's yeah. not five minutes before I have a nighttime, I have a nighttime <laughs> thinker too. And she comes and she's, and she just plops on the bed. She's like, so, and my husband's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no nope. box is closed. He says. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So it makes perfect sense when you think about it, because at nighttime, when they're laying there, they're, uh, you know, closing all the boxes and they're like, oh, well, this one actually has some things that need to be unresolved. And so during the day, the only reason that you can't tap into that or they're not doing that is because they have another box open. Okay. Uh And so you need to work with them and say, Oh, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? Okay. Can we put that away for a few minutes? You can use that verbiage even. Can we put that away for a few minutes and just open up, you know, this discussion or talk about this? And it really Mm -hmm. helps them. Okay. Actually, let's close that one. Think about this. They can never, it's not possible for them not to have a box open. So something is always open. Okay. And so whatever they're dealing with or thinking about or whatever, right then you need to put away so that you can open another one. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Okay. Another question for you here. (laughs) What do you see as just really some common missteps um, for us parents or like, you're just look at the situation and you're like, please stop that. This is a critical must stop in our world of parenting. (laughs) What are we getting wrong? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Well, first of all, I I just want to hug every parent out there and say, if you're listening, especially if you're listening to this, it's because you care and you want to step up. So if you're listening to this, high five and hugs. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I see a lot of out there are parents that are just 
getting to the finish line. Like, let's just mm. mall walk to the finish line and then I can turn <laughs> in my ticket at the end. Right. And it's, and not to say that they're excited to see them go. It's just that this immense responsibility that we have to raise them is like, who did that? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But really putting into it, putting it into perspective, what do you want in them? What kind of foundation do you want built in them by the end of this time? Right. And that's a really critical question that a lot of parents don't ask themselves because, you know, they they grow up, they're five, they go into the school system and we do, you know, K through uh, 12 and then they graduate and then they're done. Right. And it's just this boom, 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 boom. But by the time they leave home, like, sure, grades are great. But if they get an A in calculus, that does not mean that they're ready for life. Right. And that could, in fact, mean a whole slew of good things or a whole slew of bad things. We could have massive perfectionism and worth chasing, mm-hmm. you know, happening with grades that are in there, right? And so mm-hmm. finding those things that we really want to instill in them, they know their worth. They know their value and appreciation of self and others. They b- actually believe in themselves to go out and do and be the unique greatness that they were created to be. And they have the foundations of faith to do that. All of that going in, that's what we want them to leave home with, to be that leader of themselves so that they can Mm -hmm. see a discipline bridge, which is, okay, I'm over here and I want to get over there and I actually need to walk the bridge of action in order to do that. They can do that on their own. They don't need someone hand-holding them or dragging them or just telling them, go, go, go. And they still sit on, on, you know, the first side. So... When I see things, I see complaining, right? I see a lot of parents complaining about their kids, a lot of times, unfortunately, around their kids, like, oh, the teen years, they're just so terrible. They're so, yeah, like, um, I can't stand it. They're just always talking back. They don't care about anything. They have no responsibility and everything. When your kids hear these things, then they're just going, if that's my definition, that's what I'm going to be then. It's not encouraging Mm -hmm. them to get up and actually do something, right? Or you're focusing on those outside behaviors, right? You're focusing on the grades. You're focusing on the sports. You're focusing on the girlfriend or boyfriend. You're focusing on the extracurriculars, but you're not Mm -hmm. focusing on the things that are getting them there because the behavior is the last step of everything. There's so much internally, so much internal structure that has to really be built. And that could either be a strong foundation of cement or it could be a house of cards and it could easily fall. So mm. focusing on what's happening on the inside is the biggest mm. thing that you could do as a parent. That's awesome. really good. Nellie, I mean, you have so much yeah. exciting stuff going on. Um, and so we want you to tell everyone like what's coming up for you. Where can people find you? Like give us all, all the all details. details. Um, so I, yeah. uh, so I just had a book come out uh, called No Problem Parenting. And I was a collaborative writer for that. It's wonderful. Highly recommend. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And we were so excited as uh, our group of authors, we hit number one on day one on Amazon. So, wow. we're, so wow. we were all like doing our fancy dance at like 1030 at night in our pajamas. Uh, we're all around the world awesome. though. So some people are probably four in the morning. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that that's something. Um, and then, yeah, I have the podcast and I, I really implore um, everyone, and especially if you have a daughter, 
uh, in the second half of childhood or on their way there. So second half being nine to 18, right? Um, or on the way there, you have a seven or eight year old and you're like, you know, this is coming mm-hmm. and I really want to be prepared. Or you have a 16 year old that's giving you the silent treatment for four weeks and you're like, I want to help, but I don't know how to, you know, go through the walls. I, I don't want to break down the, you don't want to break down walls for anyone listening. You don't want to break down walls. You want to be like Harold and the Purple Crayon and draw, you know, get the door and find the door <laughs> and go through. Um, but breaking down walls is just going to fortify the wall. And so, um, Anyway, so uh, that is a workshop that I have called Ignite. It's completely free. I highly, highly recommend that. And everything can be found on my website, which is NellieHarden.com. And those five needs I was talking about, I have a download um, that you can go to. It's just NellieHarden.com slash five needs. And it is what are the five needs and four easy ways that you as a parent can uh, fulfill those for them like Mm. that day. And so they're just like, they come in the kitchen and you actually make eye contact and say, how how are you doing? And it explains, you know, Mm -hmm. the psychology and everything behind it and what you can do. So highly recommend, uh, recommend that. So yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff. Wow. Wow. Well, so many exciting things happening in your world and congratulations on that. And certainly thank you for the time that you've spent with us today. I encourage anyone listening to this to go out, check out your podcasts, the 6570 Project, um, check out your websites and the amazing resources. And we are going to be getting that book. That sounds absolutely amazing. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And we're, again, so grateful for the time that you've shared with us. And to all the parents out there, may they, you know, lean into God as they work through raising their, their tweens and teens. And we just pray that as parents, that you're able to thrive in this season um, of transition with your kids to adults. Hey guys, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Tried and Truly podcast, the best thing you can do is leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This helps us to reach more listeners and spread the good news. You can also check us out on our website at triedandtrulypodcast.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.